0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 40th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Uh, we got a lot that we're going to talk about in the show today. So the first thing we're going to get into is the UFC. Uh, we just got news today that Rousey's going to be, uh, fighting for the championship come December 30th. Uh, she's going to be fighting Nunez. So. What are your thoughts on this, Darnell, when you first heard it? Um, I thought it was Rousey finally
1: feels comfortable getting back in there. She's, uh, in herself, probably feels that she's mentally gotten past the knockout of Holly home and it's ready to get back in there to uh, probably prove to herself that she still has it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it's good to see that she's going back into the, um, UFC, uh, but a little bit kind of worried about this because she's going to be fighting for the championship. Uh, she's been out for a while now and her last fight, uh, she got absolutely demolished, uh, by Holly Holm. So, um, I would prefer to see her fight somebody else, maybe a, uh, Holly Holm rematch to get her confidence back or something. Make sure she doesn't have to deal with ring rust or anything like that. Um, but you know, she's going one of UFC's biggest draws. She's going to be going right in there and fight for the championship. Well, you hit the you hit the nail on the head there. I mean,
1: she's a draw. And the, the shine has been knocked off of Holly Holm who suffered two straight losses since beef Rhonda. She's She lost her first defense And then lost immediately After that Uh, So got choked out and lost the decision So I I don't think That was the right fight I wouldn't have been mad if she took a tune up fight Or or took another fight against A decent uh, opponent But like we were talking about Before the show There's been some rumors that This might be Ronda's last fight No matter what So I think it was kind of a thought process of take the, take the biggest draw you can get, which means put a belt on the line. I mean, possibly putting her against Cyborg would, would do it, but the negotiations of that fight would probably take a long time to figure out because they would have to figure out a weight class to fight at. Uh, because as we've seen, Cyborg, she's definitely not getting down to 135. Looks like it's getting harder and harder for it to get down to 140. So, then that would mean fighting at a totally different weight class than at 145, which has no no meaningful implications on the actual division. So, I think Dana saw the dollar signs there. He knows he may not have too many more chances to make money with Ronda. So, put her up for the belt.
0: Yeah. So, um, could very well be, um, you know, I was telling you before we started, uh, recording as well, um, I heard through, uh, that possibly if she ends up winning, um, the fight on the 30th, uh, against Nunez, uh, she could possibly, there was rumors that she could possibly end up fighting Cyborg, um, after that fight, so, uh, like I said, all right, know Cyborg, she's my girl, but, you know, she's a big girl. You know, dropping down, that's going to be extremely hard for her to do, you know. And they would probably have to, like, put that fight all the way down from, like, a year uh, from when they announced it just to give her enough time to drop because uh, she's been struggling to make weight at 140. So, you know, for extra extra five pounds, uh, that would do a lot for her, so... Uh, one. I have look. I just think, what, times out of the question for this side Yeah. I can agree with safe. that too. Yeah. 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 Just have to see, man. It'll be, uh, definitely fun to see Rousey back in the ring, man. But, you know, just see what sh- we're going to get. You know, we're going to get the dominant Rousey or we're going to see the fight uh, that Rousey had against, uh, Holly Holmes. So, definitely, uh, definitely feel there's going to be some pressure on her in this fight to perform. For sure. I mean, the Amanda Nunez is another, I
1: mean, she, she's going to be looking to take <clears throat> Rhonda's head off. So, um, she's far more aggressive than Holly Holm is. Uh, she doesn't have the gas tank, but uh, that first
0: round can be scary. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, anything uh, else you have for the uh, Rousey news uh, before we move on?
1: I mean, it's exciting. I'm glad to see she's at least giving it one more try and it's not like another Gina Carano type situation where she gets to the top of the sport, takes that one loss, and you never hear from them again.
0: Yeah, I can definitely. Yeah, hear you right there, man. Sure.
2: Alrighty, righty. Uh, up next, we're about to get
0: into the NCAA. Um, both you guys' teams played last week. Um, how did you guys feel about your team's performance?
1: Get in there, Ty.
2: You so,
0: got you Well,
1: <laughs> Unfortunately for Darnell, uh, I will have an unfortunate question to ask you. But I ask it, in, and I'm just going to warn you, I'm going to ask it in all seriousness, and um, I may just look it up. Anyway, but whatever. In terms of my team, Michigan basically had a cakewalk week and everybody knew it. Uh went out to Rutgers. Uh a homecoming of sorts for a lot of the players on uh Michigan's team, most notably uh uh ESPN three hundred, number one recruit Sean Gary and Jabril Peppers. Uh come coming back home to their home state. They wanted to play well, Jabril Peppers played pretty pretty well um, you know he is just running in for touchdowns he's getting more involved in the offense now I don't know if that's because that they want that to be game plan moving forward um, or if it was just hey we're winning by 40 points get in there and run a couple touchdowns like it, it could have been a number of things um, but I think in terms of the game itself, Michigan's running the ball very, very well. Granted, once again, it's Rutgers. Uh, I'm not taking a ton from this, but I believe they had 11 touchdowns. Nine of them were running, uh, which is not something they would have done over the last couple of years. So I like to see their run game getting involved and having a lot of runners get involved. It keeps everybody fresh. It keeps it a little unpredictable. We have different kinds of runners. Khalid Hill's a more power-type runner. Ty Isaac's a little bit more of a a power-type runner. And we have like Evans, who's more of a speed back. We have Peppers, who's a little bit of both. Uh, Damian Smith, who's a little bit of both. Um, It's the idea that Michigan's doing it with a lot of different kind of players. So when it comes a little later in the season, in a couple – Couple runners aren't necessarily having the success that we're used to seeing out of them. We know we got three more guys we can turn to. It's it's nice to see depth, um, and depth the running back this is just something Michigan's not had recently. So for, for me, that's nice. Um, the second biggest takeaway for me is probably the defense. They're just playing basically at a, at a really strong pace right now, uh, giving up only seven points in the last two weeks. Uh, Wisconsin, Wiscons to Wisconsin and like some Rutgers. Um they're I mean, I believe Rutgers only had thirty nine total yards of offense in the entire game. Um I don't care who you're playing, if you're keeping anybody to that that's it's a good really good defensive week. Um but I mean they're the Michigan defense is just getting really confident right now. Uh going into a bye week, I think performance like that is really Really good to head into a bye week. It lets them reflect on what they did, uh, look forward to what's next, see what they need to do. Um, they're not going to come out next week and basically get blitzed. They get like <laughs> they get a rest week. Uh, I think being undefeated heading into this place where everybody saw them. I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. Um, the only thing that may may surprise a couple of people. Is how they've won a lot of their games pretty big. There's only been one game this year where they haven't scored over 45 points, and that was against Wisconsin. Um, I I can I can say I didn't expect this kind of a scoring Michigan team. I expected the strength to be the defense, and they would win a lot of games scoring under 35 points. Uh, that's what I thought was going to happen, but you know they're they're looking good through. Their first uh, six games, six, five games, or six games. How many weeks are they through? You Who should, should know play? your teams? Though. Yeah, all I know is the run <laughs> and that's what matters. So, you know, um, coming off the bye week, they'll play Illinois. Should be a lighter game again. Um, but hey, don't take any game for granted, play every week card. Um, then they got the matchup with Michigan State the week after that. So, uh, that's something I'm I'm happy about is they get a game before the rivalry game. Uh, they get a week to get their feet wet again. Let's uh, just hope they beat Illinois in two weeks. Yeah, on the other side here, my team just the, the wheels are falling off. The engine's dropping out. This car is falling apart. Uh, another, uh, a third straight loss to BYU. Um, it has, it's turned into a trend. They start hot, but the way they're starting, it's uh, not lasting as long this time. It was just basically the first quarter and. There's not another score until the end of the game. And, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a single spot on the team that's playing well. Losing linebackers back and forth. Uh, defense is staying on the field too long. Uh, and quarterback play is not looking well. Uh, Terry. Damien Terry came in in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tyler O'Connor got sat. Uh, running game is really not doing that great either. Uh, a lot of questions with this team, and not a lot of answers. Yeah, um, I guess the question I have, and like I said, I, I I do mean this seriously because I would have to look back a little further. Do you know when the last time Michigan State lost three in a row was? Because I, I honestly can't. Re- I can't remember. Yeah, yeah so. And and, and, that, and that's what I'm uh, And and I guess that's kind of my point. It's like this this almost seems like it's a little bit of culture shock for Michigan State fans. Um, I mean, I mean oh, is the, it, like if you're a younger Spartan then you, know, you didn't have to move through Bobby Williams and John L. Smith, like you that this is not something that you're used to. Uh, yeah. It's, there's not been a losing season since Mark Antonio stepped on the field. Yeah, and and I, you know, I'll go ahead and say I don't see Michigan State having losing season. I, I personally, I just I just don't see that happening. But um, you know, it, for, for me, it's even weird um, watching Michigan Michigan State take the field outside of you know the usual suspects. I think they're. They're, you know, they could possibly lose. You know, I'm, I'm used to them, you know, expecting them to win at least 10 of the games they play, you know, with Michigan and Oklahoma State being the toss ups. Um, you know, so God, even for someone who's, who would not mind seeing them lose all 12 player games, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's honestly weird to see a team be that. And, and and I'll say it'd be that dominant for that stretch of time, you know, win a Rose Bowl, win a VCS big bowl. And now, you know, granted losing a lot of key offensive players, but you, you figured they'd, they'd find their way around the run game. And that defense would still be pretty stout, but it just kind of seems like, I don't know, it, it's almost like we expected this against Notre Dame. And I think I said that Last week or two weeks ago, like I feel like this is what we expect to get expected against Notre Dame, and, and for it to get better from there. Um, but I don't know, this just hit a little later than I thought. Um, I don't know. It, I, I, granted, you know, hey, I I went through this, you know, two thousand and eight. More specifically, Michigan had three wins that year. You no, know, I it, having down seasons is very tough to go through when you're used to winning. For sure. I mean, and I guess it's something that happens with most programs. Like, you have a down year, especially when you're a team that really had that is Michigan State. They're not guaranteed a top ten recruit class every year. They have to build players and do it that way. Last year was an extraordinary year of loss because of NFL talent that they had. So, yeah. It's you the catch quality. quality, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is, it's success that you can tell recruits that we're sending people to the NFL, but this is just one of those years where it caught them. You lose a star quarterback, you lose, you lose two All-American offensive linemen, uh, you lose receivers, you lose uh, uh, defensive linemen. It catches up at some point. Uh, it's showing right now. I mean, they're not a young team, but I guess it's just when you have that much star power and it it drops off, it's it's just showing right now. And I I don't know if some of it is also a little bit of overconfidence from the team, just expecting to go in and win their 10 games. But, um, you know, uh, Michigan State is known to have the chip on their shoulder. They don't seem to have it right now. Yeah, I can't remember if I saw it from you or if I heard it elsewhere. I believe I saw that Michigan State went through five different offensive line combinations in the BYU game. Yep. Like, they're trying to find something that works. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're trying to put it together. They're, they're making changes when necessary. Um you know, the depth chart doesn't have a starting quarterback listed for this week against Northwestern. Uh, I'm expecting probably Danny Terry Cyrus' game just to see if a different look. They played a lot faster when he came in. And I wouldn't be shocked if uh Lewerke gets a little bit of run in this too. Uh especially if they can, uh if, if it's tight or if uh Terry looks bad. Um O'Connor's going to get it, another shot in there, but I, I think it's gotten to the point where you know, they they have to try some different things to see uh, how they can put it together and get you back to playing uh, winning football.
0: All right, guys, uh, any other thoughts on your teams? Uh, we're not going
1: to ask you about your team because you just pick a team that wins all
0: the time. All right, man. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> now, what did you guys think about um, Houston's loss uh, last week against Navy? Shocking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, not not only the fact that they lost to Navy, uh, who's on nobody's radar, by the way, not like name Keenan Reynolds, but um, the fact that they gave up over forty points and it was close. Usually, Houston's one outscoring everybody, but they found a team that can keep up with them. I Guess that maybe triple option offense is uh, confusing. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked, but I'm not. Yeah, Navy, Navy is that team where they, you know, what they're gonna do, but they do it that well. And yeah, yeah that, that random old school wing team. Triple option deal that they run, they they run the hell out of it, and if you're not careful, they'll sneak up on you. They they can they can put points up, and that's that's what Houston ran up against here. And you know, three hundred six yards on the ground that's that's Navy football, and Houston they they could get stops. If you can't get stops on Navy, they're gonna
2: your defense
1: is gonna be exhausted by the end of the game, and you're going to give up a lot of points. Yeah, and that, I think that kind of draws the end for Houston as well. Um, well, as far as the playoffs, playoff, like, yeah. Correct, correct. They, they can still make to a really good bowl game, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it, the quality of their bowl game is going to be determined by what they do against Louisville you know, in a few weeks. Uh, if they play Louisville really hard, and lose a close one, they'll still get a very respectable bowl game. If they lose that game, they'll they'll still get a good matchup in a bowl game, but it may not be as great of a bowl game. But if 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 they win that game, uh, I still don't see them making the playoff. But I, they they'll get a very respectable bowl game, very respectable. All
0: right, now uh just. Before we even started uh, getting into the season for NCAA, we kind of started talking about um, which teams we had in the playoffs and things like that during the uh, preseason uh, before seasons even started. Since we're at the basically mid-season mark, um, how do you guys feel about the teams that you pick? Um, any teams that are uh, out for you guys, and like who do you, who do you guys have going into the uh, into the playoffs, just based on their performance so far?
1: To the midseason. Well, I for one feel pretty poor about a couple of my picks. Florida State, who even though they just pulled off a really nice win against Miami, still has two losses. Uh, Even though the playoff is still very young, uh, we have not yet seen a two-win team get in, so that pick looks like it's kind of out the window. And then the Oklahoma pick as well, uh, having two losses. Looks like neither of them are getting in, but two of my other picks, uh, Alabama and uh, Ohio State, uh, I, those two are still looking good. They're looking strong. They're looking like uh, they should get to that point. Um, it, it, at this point, it looks like Ohio State's ticket's going to be that Michigan game. If they win it, they'll most, that, you know, when it gets the Big Ten championship, they're in, uh, if they lose against Michigan and Michigan gets the Big Ten championship, uh, looks like it could potentially be Michigan that goes, it's, that's going to be the game for my Ohio State pick, um, whether they get in or not, uh, but I guess from this point, it looks like a Pac-12, or a, uh, Big 12 team's going to be the team that misses out, um, Baylor, I believe, is un- is undefeated, but uh, doesn't really have strength of schedule, doesn't really have big wins, uh, so even if they run the table, it's going to look really iffy, because they don't have the rest, and some of these other teams will have. Uh, I remember I said, I think the Pac-12 is going to miss out again, Washington looks as strong as ever, uh, blew out Stanford, who I thought if a team got in, it would be them, so, that doesn't look like it's right at all. So if I had to pick a new four as of right now, it would be uh, Ohio State, Alabama, those two stay the same, uh, Washington, and uh, Clemson. Yeah, uh, pretty much on the same mind on that. I I had Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson at the beginning of the year. Still feeling pretty good about all those. Um, uh, but yeah, Washington has been that surprise. Um, uh, I was, I had Oklahoma as well. You know, they showed they're not a playoff team. Uh, and I hadn't packed 12 out too, but they're showing that they actually have that, uh, talent, uh, to get in there. Washington was making noise. Um, uh, so right now I have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Washington with uh, Michigan right there on
0: the cusp. Yeah, I'm going to uh, basically like, yeah, agreeing with you guys. Uh, yeah, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. Uh, very surprised by Washington. Uh, They've just been doing anything, man. They were impressive against uh, Stanford a couple weeks ago, putting 44 on them. And only allowed them to put six on them against a beast with, like, Christian McCaffrey. And then they put 70 up um, last week. So, that team has been strutting their stuff, man. So, it's uh, they've been looking quite impressive. Uh just like to see, you know, if they're going to be able to finish strong uh, with the uh, second half of their schedule. But they've been doing their thing for sure. Now, who do you guys have uh, as your top Eisman candidates so far? Uh,
1: could we all agree Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, even in the loss to months, he still had a pretty good game. Like, so you still would have Lamar even though uh, Deshaun absolutely. got the uh, win? A- absolutely. Okay. His
1: numbers have just been that sick. Um, and, and and it's not even like he played a bad game against Clemson; They just
2: lost. Yeah, true. It was it was looking rough
1: for him in the first half. I'll I'll agree there. I'll agree, but he yeah. picked it up and came out with respectable numbers by the end of the game. And you have to look at the full resume over over the six weeks. Of college football's been going. Nobody's putting up better numbers than you still. And so uh, Deshaun Watson got the win. Yeah, but you know I think I think uh, enough numbers were put up so still number one there yeah and you know I, I think when we talked about this a couple weeks ago or so you know we said he doesn't have to win the game against Clemson; he just has to put up good enough numbers and i think for for his highest mid campaign he did just that
0: yeah i agree um you know just looking at that Clemson game uh he did start off um bad i think uh Clemson crowd did a good job of getting into uh his head as well as the other uh, guys had on the team too. Uh, they started off sluggish and everything. um I think yeah, to some of the players uh you know I guess he was complaining how some of them were treating, him. but um you know, I think just with him being a young guy, them getting into his head, uh, a lot of people didn't really have him being um as good as he was um into uh coming into the season. So, I just think, you know, he got the, spot, the spotlight on him now, and he needs to understand, you know, every time he steps on that field, uh, somebody, the defense particularly, they want to put his head on a platter. You know, he's making all these highlights and everything, so they want to step up and embarrass him. So, uh, still, you know, he's a young guy, still got him uh, at the top of the eyes um, and watch, but, you know, he's still think we're going to see a lot of entertaining uh, players from um, down the road, for sure. Now, uh, you guys, any other thoughts, guys? Before we get into our
1: pickles, nope. Yeah, just uh, a player that seems to be kind of creeping in is uh, Michigan's Jabril Peppers. I don't see, I don't see him winning it at all, but he's starting to do more things in the special teams. Uh, in the last couple weeks, you know, starting to return punts for touchdowns, ran for a couple last week, uh, just. You know, just know he's climbing in the picture. Uh, I don't see him being the favorite, the front runner, even winning the award. But I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of sneaks his way into New York for the ceremony at least. Uh, also, playing really good defense has, uh, I think, through six weeks is thirty-five tackles or something like that. So uh, that's uh, over. That's over five tackles a week. So just under six. Um, so I mean good numbers. Uh, he's just getting into the picture. So you may hear his name get brought up in the conversation of, uh, front runners, but, uh, I don't, I don't see him being a lead guy right now. Just one of the last slots in as of now. He's one definitely one to watch for it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if he starts scoring more offensively, it's a couple key, uh, on kickoff returns, uh, makes a couple big defensive plays. You'll hear more about him, but I think he provides a lot of opportunity to get noticed. So, and, and that's the reason he's in the picture.
0: All right. Uh, so you guys are ready now for the pickles? Yep. Uh, we are so all tied
1: 14 and 22.
0: 22.
1: We like the college picks a little more than the NFL picks. So I'm ready for these. Answers.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, first one we're about to get into is um, Alabama versus Tennessee. Alabama, they have a minus uh, 13 lead for the spread against Tennessee. Who you guys got?
1: Everybody got Bama? Yeah, I will, I will go with Alabama. Right. Um, like I said last week, I felt like that Tennessee luck was going to run out, and it did, uh, and I pulled that one off. Uh, so Tennessee is going to look to bounce back. I don't see it happening, so I got Bama 28-17. Yeah, rolling tide as well, Uh, always a fun game, a rivalry game, Uh, third Saturday in October, which now always takes place the second Saturday in October for something reason. But, yeah, I uh, got Alabama winning this. They just seem to be a more complete team. They always play a full game and not like Tennessee, which seems to be a second-half team. Uh You can't be a second-half team against Nick Saban and company. So I'm going with Bama 31-21. All
0: right, I'm going to go with uh – uh. Alabama on this one, 35-17. Uh, to um, 17. Um, You know, you guys kind of hit the nail on the coffin with um, Tennessee. They don't really play the first half. You don't want to do that against Nick Saban and company. So, they're going to capitalize on that and still play hard. So, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see, man, because, you know, they don't want to – they're going to have to come out swinging against Alabama, so – uh, to keep it close because if they let Alabama get the first uh, good couple, uh, couple touchdowns on them in the first half, uh, they're going to be done for, I believe. So up next, uh, we have Ole Miss versus Arkansas. Um, Ole Miss, they have a minus seven and a half lead for the spread. What do you guys got?
1: Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get fourth down, throw it backwards over your head. Uh fourth and 21 conversions this year. Uh, yeah, cr- crazy game last year. So there'll, there'll be some hype around this one. Uh, not necessarily for the fact that either of these teams are highly ranked, but just for the fact that there was a crazy finish last year, one of many, uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss, you know, like Tran says, we get Chad Kelly or bad Kelly.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think, I think we're going to get some good Chad Kelly, uh, it just seems like this is one that he'll want to win. You know, beating Arkansas. Arkansas is not a slouch team, so it'll be a good win for him. Uh, I'll take Ole Miss. I'm gonna. Oh, I think Ole Miss is gonna score a lot. I just don't know if Arkansas is. I will go Ole Miss thirty-one. Ah, eh, I'll, I'll make it average scoring thirty-one twenty-four.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I, th- I had a I had a hard time with that one. Uh, I mean, it, it it's definitely a interesting matchup. Um, you know, you got Belem Laval versus the you never know what you're going to get Rebels. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Old Miss on this one. Uh, I I just think they have a little too much talent for Arkansas. Uh, I do think it might be a little more of a shootout than people are expecting. Uh, so, take Ole Miss uh,
0: 41-34. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss on this one uh, as well. Just think that they, are more, they have more talent uh, with them. So, I think we're going to see uh, good Chad Kelly this game instead of bad Kelly. So, I think he's going to step it up. Um, I do have Ole Miss winning this one, 27-17. And then last but not least for NCAA, we have Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Um, Ohio State, they have a minus 10 lead for the uh, spread. I think
1: that's uh, generous toward Wisconsin, honestly. Um, I think we're going to see a similar game uh, that we got with Michigan and Wisconsin here I think we're seeing two good defenses uh it, it it's gonna determine what can Wisconsin's offense do. Can they move the ball? can they run it effectively? uh things they didn't do against Michigan uh, but I think this is gonna be a very similar type game uh a big game for Wisconsin season as uh you know Nebraska is undefeated on that west side of the conference as well. Uh, which is kind of a surprise to a lot of people surprised to be for sure. Um, if they rack up a second loss in conference play, that definitely hurts them, especially if Nebraska picks up that other, or picks up a win. Um, I, I believe they're playing this week. Uh, let me check that real fast. Yep. They play, uh, Indiana this week. So if they can remain undefeated, uh, and Wisconsin loses, that's not good news for them. So, Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not good news for them. Pick Ohio State. Uh, I think they'll put up more points than Michigan put on them, but I think the Ohio State defense is going to come up big. Uh, I'm going to go Ohio State uh, 38-10. Yeah, I'm going with Ohio State as well. They're the most complete team in the NCAA that's not named Alabama. So I mean, I think they Wisconsin's gonna come to play. They they do every game. They're a tough team, good defense. Um, hopefully, they have their star linebacker back and help them out a little bit. But it's just probably not gonna be enough. Ohio State just seems to have too many weapons. Uh, so I'm going with uh, Ohio State thirty-one ten. Yep. Uh, wow. So yeah,
0: yeah I, I got, got Ohio State, State two. Uh, two. I um, think that they will um end up just having their way with this Wisconsin team. Uh just that team, Ohio State is a very talented, um, so I just think they'll be able to pull it out pretty easily against Wisconsin. And um I have the same thing uh thirty one ten Ohio State as well. So all right guys, any other thoughts on the NCAA um football uh before we move on? Alrighty, um, just to start the NFL off, uh, just like how we did with the NCAA, um, how did you guys feel about your teams uh, last week?
1: I'll let you start this one there now. I feel a lot better about this team.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys are, they're rolling. I mean, uh, it was, this was a game that I was a little worried about with Cincy, uh a little more of a complete team. I thought they might be a little too much for a young offense and a still questionable defense, but Dallas's O-line stepped up and showed that, once again, while they're the best O-line in, in football, they they were creating some some holes that I could get through for, Ezekiel Elliott and he made the most out of them. Fifteen carries for a buck thirty-four and two TDs. And Dak Prescott has just been like he, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to hurt his own team. Eighteen for twenty-four for two twenty-seven and a touchdown. I think he set the rookie record record for most uh, passing attempts without an interception. Uh, they, they have their quarterback of the future, and it's starting to turn into a quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. That's all you got? <laughs> That's all I need. It was yeah. a win. It was <laughs> no uh, Like I said, he, he went off. He, he Only 15 carries for 134. I mean, you average almost you know what, almost 10 yards a carry. I, I don't think you can ask for much more out of the running back. And that was without Des Bryant playing that's yeah. fair that's fair you know one thing i noticed when i watch the cowboys uh, being that i live in indiana i get them a lot uh, i don't know i think i've seen 3 of their games this year uh, but anyway, anyway uh the the one thing i noticed about them is both Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott bring a lot of poise to that roster uh very early in, in their careers um. You know, like like you mentioned, uh, Prescott hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. Uh, you know, he's as as each week comes along, he gets better, and it's the same with Ezekiel Elliott. They they've each kind of you know just upped their game each week, and I think that some of that has to do with um, well, a lot of it has to do with how the front office has um, put this team together. You know, a good offensive line is going to help two positions: your running back and your quarterback. Uh, and these two, just based off the fact they're rookies, needed the help, uh, and, and they and they got it. Um, secondly, I think a lot of this goes on Jason Garrett as well, uh, being a guy who understands football, really brought these two rookies along rather quick, has shown a lot of confidence in them. And I think those two players specifically have thrived off the confidence. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's getting healthy carries each week. Uh, hasn't, you know, lost carries at all. Uh, you know, they're throwing it a healthy amount. Uh, but the thing is they're, they're not asking either of them to do something outside of themselves. And I think that is what has been very key, uh, to their, uh, 4-1 start. Uh, I I bet if they were to play the Giants again this week, like have a do-over game, they beat them. Oh yeah. Uh, so it, it's just one of those things where they just caught a week one. That's all it was. Uh, but I, I I will say I, I've been surprised by the Cowboys. I I like their team. Uh, I'd like to see them beef up that defense a little bit, but what team wouldn't like their defense to be beefed up some more? So. But Just best is what help is. best help for a bad defense is get a good right run game. Yeah, you got that right. Keep keep small field. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I guess I'll transition into into the Lions real quick. I think this is a rare week where Darnell and I can both talk about a win. <laughs> uh, uh, more on my end, but uh, very very interesting game from the Lions. Uh, beat the undefeated Eagles, which was a nice surprise. Um, Stafford had a good game. Uh, didn't throw it a lot. Only had 25 attempts. That's if anybody's watched the Lions, that's a low, a lower total. Uh, but the thing is, he only threw six incompletions threw for 180 yards, but the key was three touchdowns. The Eagles hadn't given up a touchdown to a quarterback all season, and Stafford put three on them. So, so that was, that was really nice to see Stafford come along and come across a good defense, uh, not have a great game, but have a game good enough to just win it. Uh, that that was really a gritty performance by Stafford, a gritty performance really by the whole team, uh, all the way down to the the pick by Slay at the end. Uh, and, and that was a pick off of another rookie that had thrown a pick. Correct, correct. And and I was just about to get that, you know, Carson Wentz, despite throwing his first interception of the year, still was 25-33 for 238 and two TDs. Like, still a fantastic game. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is someone I'm also very impressed with. Uh, I think he'll probably end up, him or Ezekiel Elliott are gonna be one and, one and two, or vice versa for, uh, rookie gear, just on the fact that they're gonna be the two that play the most, uh, and have the most production. Uh, That's coming but, out of the same division. Yeah, yeah, so, very, very interesting stuff there, but, you know, it, in terms of the Lions, they, they still need some defensive help. The defense is still pretty spotty. The run game is starting to kind of revert back to what it's been, uh, with Amir Abdullah out. And I don't even know if Amir Abdullah being here would change much, but they, they really struggle in between, in between the tackles, breaking holes, uh, just creating big, big runs, uh, It's something they've struggled with recently. I don't know if it falls on the line on the back. It's kind of hard to pinpoint it. But where the damage out of the backfield comes is Theo Riddick in the pass. He caught two touchdowns. Which is where he's going to be most deadly for this team. Um, I would just like to see them have a run game that opens up play action. And not be so predictable that, okay, Theo Riddick's going to beat us in the pass game like. If teams know that, they set up for it, and if he's not going to beat them, carrying the ball, the Lions are going to be very easily stopped, especially in the red zone. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They signed Justin Forsett this week. It'll be interesting to see what involvement they give him, if any, uh, considering he's coming off of really a pretty weak moment there in Baltimore. Uh, Not really sure what all happened. They dropped him signed him, dropped him again like it was just kind of an odd situation there but um, Marvin Jones another touchdown nice to see him kind of be solidified with this team uh, but I guess for me it was the fact that Stafford bounced back from a poor game with a good game and we really beat a team a lot of people were talking about so they're 2-3. Uh, it's still too early to say it's over. It's too early to say they're coming back. So, as a Lions fan, I'll just hold hope and let myself be disappointed a little later.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it was definitely a surprising outcome. I don't think too many people had Detroit beating the Eagles in that game. It's...
2: <laughs> nope, none of us
1: did. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it was it's kind of just one of those old things that goes with the Lions. They they beat teams they have no business beating and lose teams they have no business losing to. Uh, the hope is that they turn this around and have some confidence and beat the teams they're supposed to beat. So at least they can, uh, you know, in this day and age, you, you get to 9 and 7 or so, you still got a shot at a wild card. So, We'll, we'll see how they take this win and go forward. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into a, a typical Lions situation where they're, you know, I don't see them being in this position, but you know, being three and three and nine, and then they win the rest of their season out and end up getting a middle of the middle of the pack. pick. I, mean, oh, yeah. I I've seen them do that a few times, and it's, I understand you don't want to just lay over and. Count yourself out, but you can say it as a fan. Sometimes you just wish your team would tank so you can oh, get some what? good players. <laughs> I, I I do hope that as a Lions fan, especially when they're already out of it, it just bothers me when, like I said, they're three and whatever, or four and whatever, and then they go on a five game winning streak down the season. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so then number seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, and really? you're, yeah, and you're stuck taking a a guy that's going to be a role player. Yep.
0: All righty. Um, after that, um, what are you guys' expectations for the past with the uh, with Brady's return? Uh,
1: more of what the NFL got with his actual first <laughs> game back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't saw He has two good tight ends again, and which has become his favorite weapon to go to. So probably lots of touchdowns if anybody has Brady on your fantasy team. Start him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also, don't be scared to say starting either Bennett or Gronkowski. Yeah, if you have both of them, start them both. Like, you're basically starting a wide two wide receivers, Uh but. Um, yeah, I mean I I don't expect anything different than what we have. I mean they're going to get a couple of tough matchups this year, but I think they'll be the number 1 draft or number 1 draft pick, the number 1 seed in the AFC. Uh I expect them to be a favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh it'll be interesting to see what happens though with uh their running back situation. Like Eric Blunt's played well for the first handful of weeks and uh when they get these passing backs and, like, James White, uh, if Deion Lewis comes back, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that situation. But they they just have weapons everywhere. Edelman, Amendola, Hogan, who had a nice week. Uh, it's just going to be one of those situations where Tom Brady's going to utilize everybody. It's going to be unpredictable, really outside of Gronk, who he uses. And I, I expect them to have a very nice record at the end of the year.
2: Alright.
0: Now, what's, what's wrong with the Panthers this year?
1: People are prepared for them. Yeah. Defense is not quite as good. They they shocked people last year.
0: Uh, even Definitely, the
1: yeah. The year. Uh, the year before that, the Panthers weren't very good. They lost their number one receiver game one last year, so... I don't think people expected them to one be as dominant as they were on defense. Two, like, I don't think people expected Cam to just throw a team on his shoulders and do what he did offensively. Um, I think people took that season as okay; they got one over on us, but not this time. We know they're we know they're a good team, so now they're getting everybody else's Best punch. It's, it's not turning out the way it did last year. Yeah, I think this is a classic bandwagon situation. You're going to get everybody on your side, and then you're going to have a down year that everyone buys out. You know, it's just one of those unfortunate situations. I think it was good for the NFL that the Panthers were playing. High-level football. Camp Newton was playing MVP-caliber football. Uh, but in terms of this year, not having Norman doesn't help. Um, I don't necessarily know that he was the difference for them. But uh I mean, they're getting lit up in the passing game right now, so you got to say there's something there. Uh, they're, you know, they're also battling injuries that they didn't necessarily see last year. Cam has had to sit out. Uh Jonathan Stewart, granted he's been one of their more injury prone players, but it doesn't help him when your veteran leaders is out. Uh even though Cameron Artis Payne had a pretty decent game in his spot last week. Uh poor matchup, poor game, but that's a different story. Uh you know, I I think it just boils down to what Darnell said. People know what they have now. Uh people have figured it out. Um I mean, it even seems like teams are figuring out Denver a little bit. Uh, we saw Atlanta go go to Denver and beat them up. Uh, it, it, it's just the idea that you can have something work, but I think you have to find a way to keep it fresh, and I think they're just riding with what they had a little too long. Yeah. With, with, without the same players as yeah. well. Getting film on team is a amazing thing at the n f l level once once you get some tendencies down for a team, especially on the offensive side, it's a lot harder to win games uh, they they do have an elite player in cam, but uh, I think people figure it out i mean even just going back to the end of last year, their best running back on that team was cam yeah so I think he's starting to get hit a lot more this year. I, mean, I know the questions came up earlier in the year about the type of hits he takes. Uh, should he be getting uh some help from the refs more, but I just think it's coming down to that. People are saying this guy if we if we can put some helmets on him, it'll it'll change the course of the game and that's been the case. Yeah, I think
0: overall, uh, just for me, man, to be honest, I'm kinda concerned, uh, with Cam Newton's uh health, man, because if you look at some of the hits that this guy's been taking, um, overall just through his career, you know. They've been some pretty bad hits, man, especially just looking at the one they had against uh Denver at the beginning of the season where he was just slow to get up and everything. Um you know, I would personally not be surprised, you know, be kind of pull a uh, Calvin Johnson way on and retired earlier than usual because that guy's taken, been taking some hits, man. Uh, he's, you know, I understand, you know, he's a big boy. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you know, just some of the hits that, uh, guys, he's, the hits he's been taking, uh, from the laying the wood on him has just been like, wow, you know.
1: And, and Cam is basically like straight edge. He doesn't take medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that makes him a a tough SOB, but I'm sorry, modern (laughs) medicine says that stuff helps, but he can't feel good just dealing with all those aches and pains and worse from the hits he's taken. It has to have an effect.
0: Yeah. So, for sure. Now, are you guys guys ready for the uh, Pickles Pickles for NFL? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we have to. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll lead uh, 10 out of 20. So I'm at the 500 mark at least. Tyler's in second for 9 out of 25. And Darnell, uh, he's in third. Yeah, he's 8 for 20. So, Well, let's put it this way. I'm not bragging about 9 for 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for but sure. He's kind of bragging about his 10 for 20, though. Yeah. Alright, uh, first one we're about to get into is, um, St. Louis versus Detroit. Uh, Detroit, they have a LA. minus three. Yeah, eight. yeah LA. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. The LA Rams, are LA Rams. Doom your racer. Yeah, my bad, man. The LA Rams versus Detroit. Yeah. Still got to get used to it, man. Detroit, they have a minus three, uh, lead, uh, for the spread.
1: Give me the Lions at home. Stafford just find ways to get it done in in the dome, so I'll take the Lions in a close one and a little moderate scoring game. I'll say twenty-seven-twenty-one. Alright. Oh, I find this one so hard to pick. It's saying because I don't trust either of these teams. That's why I went with the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess just since I have to make some picks to try to catch up, I'm gonna go with the Rams. Um, maybe Case Keenan can put a game together here, and I. Girly, can can run over them. So, so yeah. Give me the Rams, twenty-four, yeah. twenty. I'm
0: gonna go with the Rams also, man. Uh, same old lines Think they're way to screw up. Y'all know the deal by now, so. Um, I I think think St. Louis will win. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna guess guess. they're gonna gonna win win. on the last uh play of the game. Still with St. Louis. (laughs) Yeah. Oh (laughs) the Rams. I'll 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 just say Rams. Rams. Uh I'm I'm gonna gonna go go with the Rams Rams uh win this one. one. Um I think they're gonna gonna win win the last play of the game, game. so I will go go with them uh seventeen to fourteen. Um up next we have um Dallas. Darnell Dallas versus Green Bay. Um, check real quick. Uh, Green Bay, they have a minus four lead
1: for spring. Uh, I'm gonna keep going with Dallas. Alright. <laughs> They're not letting me down. So, uh, I, I think just the way the offense is playing in the O-line, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with them. Uh, I know Green Bay is favored in this one. Uh, and they are playing Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with the underdogs here. So I'm going to expect Ezekiel Elliott to keep Dallas' D off the field and Prescott to stay consistent. So I will take Dallas in this one, Uh, 27-24. All right. Here, uh, I'm going to go with the home team, taking the Packers. Uh, I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to be too much for the Dallas D to handle. Uh, Jordy Nelson seems to be slowly getting back to form, but playing well already this season. Cobb had a decent week last week. Uh, the run game still kind of the run game for Green Bay. Nothing too special, but I, I think uh, Rodgers is going to put this one on his, on his throwing arm, and I think they're going to score some points. I'm going to go Green Bay 35-17, and thankfully for Trayon, these are two established programs that are not going to leave the city they're in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Green Bay on this one, uh, it's gonna be the, uh, number one Russian offense versus the number one Russian defense. Um, I think the defense will have their, uh, uh, the edge and wind pulling out for Green Bay out of this one. They're at home. So I'm gonna go with the home team, um, in Green Bay. So I will go with Green Bay, um, 24 to 17. Now up next we have, Uh, Atlanta versus Seattle. Um, In this one, Seattle, they have a minus six and a half lead for spread.
1: With the game being at Seattle, that makes me lean toward them. But Atlanta's picked up a couple nice wins this year that I didn't think they would get. So I'm still going to go with Seattle here. Uh, The home team, uh, I I think their defense will have... A nice game. I expect it to be a little higher scoring than many would think. I think uh, Atlanta is going to come in with a pretty nice game plan with one two punch of Coleman or Freeman and Coleman. Uh, they they found ways to get him out of the backfield It works. Uh, I think Julio will get pretty shut down. So I expect Coleman and Freeman to both have nice weeks. So I'm going to go with, but but I'm still going to go with Seattle. Thirty uh, one. 31- 27. Yeah, rolling with the Seahawks as well, I think. Just that, that home field advantage they have is is big, and, you know, those indoor teams getting into a loud situation that's not at
0: their facility, I think that
1: might be a big factor. I mean, they do have a very good run game, which will help. Um, but, you know, when you have an lead offense versus a lead defense, I'm more inclined to go with that defense, especially when they're at home. So, give me Seattle,
0: 27-20. All right. Um, I have Atlanta in this one. Uh, I think they impressed me last week uh, with how they handle business up in uh, the mile high. So, I think they're going to carry the momentum over to Seattle. Um, I do have this one being a very close game. Um I have Atlanta winning this one twenty one to twenty. Up next we have Kansas City versus Oakland. Um this one um did not have a uh, the um, spread for this one uh the site that I'm using, so um who do you guys got? I'm gonna go with New England, I think
2: Tom Brady's still hungry, I think. Hey, road. Ty, You yeah.
1: got Casey, KC, KC. yeah. Oh, Casey, Oakland. Oh, my, my fault. I uh, jumped ahead of you. I'm going to go with Oakland. They just find a way to outscore people. Both these defenses are having it down here. Uh, uh, uh it, it seems like Crabtree is getting really utilized, and then, when they start focusing on Crabtree a little more. It's Cooper's turn. So, uh. Despite the abysmal running situation that they have there in no, Oakland, I'm going to go ahead and pick them anyway. Uh, higher scoring game, uh, 28. Very La- Last second field. Yeah, this is one where I'm just going with the home team, because I'm not sure where to go on this one. Uh, Kansas City is real cautious in their passing game. They have a better running game, Oakland. That's a terrible running game, but they probably have a better passing game. Not really sure if either really has a defense to write home about. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, home crowd, too. So, I'm going to go with Oakland. Uh, I think this is going to be a very uh, close game as well. Um, I just think, you know, them being at home are going to be more comfortable. So, I think they're going to pull it off 24 to 20. And what? That same score, since I didn't say Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, Ty, we're about to get to you jumping ahead now. So, Cincy yeah. versus Oakland, um, New England. Oh, excuse me. Cincy versus New England. Um, New England, they have a minus 8.5 uh, advantage for the spread. Yeah,
1: once again, as I was saying, I feel like Tom Brady's still hungry. They just have what seems to be a carousel of options to choose from in the passing game for New England. Uh, I think we're going to see another four touchdowns out of Brady. Um, so I'm going to go. 35-21 New England. Yeah, give me New England by Slaughter. Uh, they're at home since and And just, they have a, always have a solid team, but games like this, these are ones where they tend to just get the break speed off of them. So, yeah. give me New England in this one. 34-17.
0: I'm gonna go with, uh, Matt Brady, um, as well. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's back. Uh, got, the, uh, his crew with the tight ends and everything going, so I think they're gonna have their way with Cincy. I've um, got New England winning 31 to, uh, 14. Now real quick, uh, Todd, did you say Kansas City or, um, Oakland? I, I said Oakland. Okay. Gotcha. Alright, put that down. Alright guys, um, anything left for our NFL talk? All right. Um, now we're about to get into the NBA. We're going to start talking about the um, Eastern Conference. Uh, next, we're going to do the West. Uh, so, this NBA season is closely approaching. Uh, just real quick, out of the East, you know, from Michigan, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the Pistons this year?
1: I think it'll just be another year of gradual improvement. Uh, I think everybody should be expecting playoffs from this year. Uh, Van Gundy's got another year in there. Uh, They should be pretty much used to playing his style of ball now. Uh, They have uh, what you can argue to be possibly the best big man in the league. Uh, I just think it's time now to start expecting some, some strides from them. Playoffs, maybe, maybe a, maybe win a first round series if they get into the middle of the pack and, and play a reasonable team. Yeah, you know, it seems like right now the the downer to them is the idea or not the idea, but the fact that uh, Rich Jackson is gonna miss the first
2: few weeks of the season. Yeah, uh, due due yeah. to an injury that that doesn't help. He's really seemed
1: to be an emotional leader for that team. He seems to fire the team up, uh, but. I think that that's going to end up being a blessing in disguise for this team. Uh, if they can hang around 500 basketball until he gets back, which I think they can easily do, if not do better. Um, I feel like it, when he gets into the season, some four weeks in, so about a month in, he can provide a nice like spark for the team when a lot of teams are starting to get comfortable. So if a lot of teams are getting comfortable and the Pistons just start to gain their stride. If they already have a pretty decent record at that point, and he elevates them to an eight-game winning streak or something like that real fast, uh, that could definitely give the Pistons an edge. Uh, Granted, I don't like starting the season without him, but uh, there could still definitely be some positives to draw from that. But in terms of what I expect from them this year, I I agree with Darnell. I think... uh, one thing as Stan Van Gundy's been doing has been building the depth of this team, something that they haven't had. Uh, with, uh, signing the big man from San Antonio, Bobon, Bob Donovich, sure, whatever his last name is, and, uh, John Lewer, that adds big man depth, and John Lewer can spread the floor. Uh, something SUG likes to do. He likes to Get some big guys, kind of all over the place, except really except for Drummond. Uh, he likes to try and keep him down low if he can. Uh, it, it's it's the same thing he did with Dwight Howard. Let everybody else spread the floor, shoot the three if they want, and beat it inside. Um, so I, I I think everybody's comfortable. I think they trust him. I think uh, getting Tobias Harris last year was huge. Um, I think having Marcus Morris is huge. Um, it's just going to be He's under control. Correct, correct. <laughs> if he can do what he did last year, uh, they'll they'll be a pretty good squad. It'll just be interesting to see what they do with the point guard position. Uh, minus Reggie Jackson for a little bit. Uh, they have Ish Smith, who will most likely be the starter. He does have some starting experience. Uh, um, I think he started for a while when he was with the Sixers and started for a little while and. With the Pelicans as well, if I'm not mistaken. So the guy has experience. He can play. He can score the ball. Uh, so I think for roughly the first month of the season, I think he'll service himself pretty well. Uh, I do expect the playoff side of this team. I ex- I expect uh, a better finish than last year. Last year they finished the eighth seed. I expect a higher finish, um, somewhere more around that, which. It's tough for me to say fourth seed because it seems like the season, first three seeds should be cemented. But um, I see them about the fifth and sixth seed. Uh, and potentially winning the series, I think, is going to determine what their health is at that point in the season. But I do think if healthy they can definitely win a series, if not two in the playoffs. Because I feel like the certain team that definitely rides off the momentum and if they can get it that team seems to get an attitude pretty quick. They play good basketball. Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. They're they're still... They might be one of the, They have to be one of the younger teams in the NBA. They don't even have a player over 30 on their active roster right now. So, they they should have some legs. They should be probably one of the teams that... I mean, under Van Gunn, these two those they should be one of the scarier teams in the East by the end with that much use, that they can just keep throwing at people. I mean, really, their only weakness should be is, uh, I mean, the weakness that they could hopefully fix is from his free throw shooting. If he can get, if he can get to 50%, they can be really scary. Yeah. There, there were some games last year where, if you just added up to missed free throws you had, there's the difference in the game. Now, I mean, I'm not expecting shoot 100% from the line, but if he can bump it up to 60-65% from the line, yeah. I mean, that's a 20% increase. Like I said, give me one out of every two. Just If you can guarantee a point every time you go yeah. off the line, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: Alright guys, now uh, Philly, uh, they currently have some situation uh, with their bigs. Uh, Got a lot of them. Um, how do you expect them to handle that uh, coming into the season? I expect them to try to
1: hold on to a ball, maybe trade one, uh, but I, I expect them to hold on to him for a little while. Uh, it looks like Simmons is injured; they won't do anything with him. Uh, they could ship off Nerlens Noel or Joel Embiid. I wouldn't be surprised if that can happen, uh, mainly because those guys will be due to get paid fairly soon. So ship them before you have to pay them, knowing you have young talent still. And, Okafor and uh, Simmons there, I, I think they'd be smart to only deal one of the two, but he's Philly and they do dumb things all the time, so who knows Who knows what they're going to do, it's really a mess, uh, they've just gotten into the habit of drafting the big guy, it looks like he's finally going to play, he's actually looking pretty decent preseason, just seeing some highlights on him. Yeah. Uh, if if he can you know play a little bit in this season, there'll definitely be a team that'll want to trade for him. Um, there'll be a team out there that would take a take a flying chance on it for sure. Yeah, I th- I think they have to trade one of a three. I mean I, I know they're they're running no they're losing Noel well at the at the four. Uh, so my guess would be I don't you know we'll four it and it'd be they're both playing center. Somebody just this is just too much talent. This going to be asking for more money once they hit um, the end of those rich contracts. I just think somebody has to go in and, and get rid of them before somebody shows to be a bust. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and, and that's why I feel it's going to either be Envy or Noel. I think yeah. teams will be a little more skeptical of Envy because, well, he hasn't played yet. But yeah. um, those are the two guys that are nearest to free agency. Uh, I mean, Simmons will be there for about, what, what's the rookie contract? Four Four years. And they still have, you know, Oak for three. So get rid of one of the guys that has one or two years left. Hope he didn't choose the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming Simmons is basically untouchable for him. So I, 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 I don't have Yeah, so oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Embiid or Noel, I mean, after Oak oh, Fork's season last year, I hope be he beat as well unless somebody's offering you
0: a established like M V P candidate or something. Well he likes, you know, fighting outside of bars and stuff, man. So that's true. He's got some <laughs>
2: things,
1: but he's a very solid twenty year old that has shown more of a ceiling than people expect
0: from Yeah. Yeah, man. Part of me uh, you know, I agree with you guys, man, but the other part's like, man, you know, it's Philadelphia. I don't even think they care, dude. I think they want to come into the season, win about three or four games, and, you know, just start, you know, seriously, man. Just. Three and seventy Yeah. <laughs> you know, for real. Just have to see, man. You know, it's Philadelphia. You know, I got to give them some of their fans credit, man, for sticking with them, but see what they'll do. Now, uh, we had quite uh, some interesting trades and, you know, just free agency moves uh, going on uh, during the offseason, um, what, what guys, guys uh, players, uh, do you expect uh, to thrive the most with the new teams in the East?
1: One player I, I expect to thrive is going to be uh, Joe Kim Noah, actually. Uh, and, and it's kind of odd to say that because he's, you know, Coming off an injury, coming off a bad year, uh, kind of lost favor in Chicago. Uh, I think a change of scenery is going to do him well. I think the big city will treat him well. Uh, I think this is going to be a place where they, they have a team. Uh, I, I assume that they're going to be, you know, one of the top three seeds of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Expecting they don't get any big time injuries to Carmelo or, or Zingas. Uh, but I think Joe Noah is gonna be able to, you know, just get back to a scrappy play, hustle hard. Uh, he has pieces around him where he can, you know, pass the ball and get rebounds. So I think Joe, Joe Kim Noah's gonna thrive in New York. Uh, I, I think he's gonna be a nice addition for them. Uh, and I, I expect the Knicks to be pretty good as a whole. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks are an interesting one. Uh I said, with Noah, you also want to see uh, how Derrick Rose does on that. And they're saying he's fully healthy.
0: Yeah, it's just, so. you know, another thing, you know, you brought up Derrick Rose, you know, he has that uh, whole court issue and everything, too. So, yeah. yeah. See, you know, how that's going to play off with, you know, yeah, with him, too. Um, you know, they could get, like, conviction or anything during uh, the season or whatever, um, just have to see. But, yeah, that could be big for the next two, Knicks, um, too. So. But, yeah, go ahead.
1: But, I mean, uh, just they are an interesting team. I mean, it, it's one of those teams where you wonder, just, is this something that looks good on paper? Uh, mm-hmm. but even on paper, if you look at everybody's recent history, is this really going to be a decent team? Yeah. So, I mean,
2: we'll we'll see how it goes. Cause they they have the all injury team and <laughs> and,
1: and- <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm also interested to see how Chicago and Miami look. Uh, yeah. Both affected by one player and Dwayne Wade uh going from Miami uh to Chicago. Uh that was their you know, Chicago made some real additions in getting Wade, um uh, John Rondo, uh draft Denzel Valentine. Uh and then they still have Jimmy Butler who's been, you know, one of the better two way players in the NBA over the last few years. Um they they're guard heavy, so I'm wondering what it's going to look like uh, on the back end for them, or front end for them, actually, yeah. um, once they get into play. And then on the other side, the Heat are going to look a ton different. No Bosh, no Wade, two years roof, no Bron. Um Are they going to be a team? They can make it to the playoffs with the pieces
0: that they have right now. Uh, a lot of, a lot of pressure on Whiteside and Dragic right now.
1: Yeah, you know, another another team uh, being Atlanta. Uh, yeah. A full year with Dwight Howard is being home for him going to be a good decision, or is he just going to be another bust somewhere? Uh, that'll be really interesting. Then Al Horford in Boston. Are they going to be yeah, right, another yeah. four? Another four or five seed, or are they going to elevate their game and maybe be a two or a three? I mean, I think that Boston team showed last year that they're, they're for real. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh Jay Crowder, uh, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, they have to have, uh, something that they haven't been able to say in the last few years, but, uh, they could be for real as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, guys, uh, just uh, end the thing up. Like, just who do you guys have in uh, making the playoffs? In order of uh, one through eight. One through eight. Wow, (laughs) Uh, that's
1: gonna be tough. Uh, I'll go ahead and go because I have a general. Number one is Cleveland. I would, I I would agree. Um, Number two, uh, I think because they protect their home court so well. and have really good guard play. I I'm, I'm still going to go Cleveland as the two or Toronto is the two seed. Um, I think they, they just play hard. They know what it takes now. I don't think uh, they have what it takes to be Cleveland, but I think they, they know what it takes to be in a position to fight them really hard. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick them at the two, um, number th- the three seed I'll pick, um, Oh jeez. and and th- this is where it starts getting really hard. The three, I'll actually pick Boston to take that third seed. Uh, I think Al Horford was a big guy that they were missing last year. He's going to be able to um, solidify some down low play for them and uh, help with some help with some rebounding. I'll so I'll take them three. I will go. If they can stay healthy, I think they can possibly do it. I'll go Knicks 4, um, and get a home court game there. I will go... Oh, I will go Bulls 5. Um, I think them missing the playoffs last year, it's hard to just automatically give them home court, um... But I I do think they could be in that top three discussion. Once again, injuries will play a big key throughout the year. Um, but I do think they have a lot of talent. But if 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 they don't get home court, they'll be the most dangerous team that'll be on the road. Um, so they're my five, six. I'm gonna go Detroit. Um, I think they're gonna put some pieces together. Uh, they're gonna get in a really good groove um, winning record, uh, which in the east usually teams four through eight have a losing record, so still being at number six and the conference having a winning record to that point, I think that's you know big improvement for the east uh seven um, oh, this 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 is so hard because I'm probably so far off. Uh, Seven, I'll go Atlanta. Um, I think Dwight Howard being there is going to be enough to at least get them in the playoffs. Um, He'll carry a load of the season for them. Uh, Ooh, I'm forgetting the Pacers. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, You hadn't said.
1: Okay. What is going on? Okay, I will go. I'm gonna back up a little bit. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bulls 5, write, Pacers. Down, yeah.
2: Okay.
1: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Pacers six. Pistons seven. Um I guess I'll touch the Pacers for a quick second. You're getting Jeff T who's big. Um That. That's giving them a point guard that they haven't had. Um, A guy who really protects the ball, spreads it around, can score. um, Has experience playing with really good players. Um, So, I'm going to go them six, Pistons seven, and then the last seed. Is there, like, somebody I'm blatantly missing here, or... Milwaukee, yeah. Oh my, jeez. Okay, I'm pushing everybody back again. I'll go Milwaukee. All one. right, so hold man. Okay. <laughs> I'll start from one. I'll start from one. I'll start from one. After. Jeez, I forgot about Milwaukee. I'll go Cleveland, Toronto. Then I said, "Who did I say?" What did you You say, say Knicks? I I said Boston 3. Okay, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'll still go Knicks 4. Bulls 5. Pacers 6. Then I'll go Milwaukee 7. Detroit 8. That's what I'll do. Put Detroit back at 8. I guess so. After I thought about it, I guess. I mean, this will change about a month into the season anyway. When I figure out one of those teams is tanking,
2: <laughs>
1: it's like the college football playoff. You're you're taking a shot in the dark at this point. So yeah, but, okay, but, to but early projections right here. All right, so
0: yeah. So I don't know. Detroit, Milwaukee. Uh, no, hold no, no. um, Cleveland, Toronto. The thing is, the thing is, I think yeah, yeah, Toronto. Boston, New York. Bulls, Chicago,
1: Yeah. Indiana, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Detroit. The thing is, I think I have the eight teams. I just don't think I have the right order. So So no no ATL? ATL.
0: Yeah, you said Atlanta at some
2: point. But no. Cleveland, Toronto. Toronto. This is my final. This is my final. Cleveland, Toronto. Boston. Boston. The Knicks.
1: Okay. Knicks, I'm going to slide down. I'll put Chicago 4, Knicks 5. Then I'm going to go Indiana 6. Yeah, Milwaukee 7, Detroit 8. There you go. Atlanta's out. Atlanta's out. Uh, I'm going to say no Teague. Uh, I bet Atlanta is the team that misses by the half game. Okay.
2: Alright, what about you, Darnell? Alright, so, Cleveland won. Of course. Uh,
1: so then, I am going to go with uh, the Pacers. as Tuesday. Wow. Celtics at three. Wow. Um, Bulls at four. Knicks at five. Raptors at six. That big
0: drop. Hold on, I'll say that again, yeah. real quick. So you said Cleveland, um, Cleveland, Indy, Indy, okay. Boston, okay. Boston, then the Bulls. All right. Huh? Is Boston, then the Bulls. Right. Yep,
2: Boston okay. in Chicago. Uh, New York and why? Toronto. So that's 6, right? Yep. Detroit, Milwaukee. Detroit,
0: Milwaukee. Uh, no All right. Uh for me, I have the Cavs. Uh, then I have the North, uh, Toronto. Three, I have Boston. Four, I have the Knicks. Five, I have the Pacers. Six, the Pistons. Seven, I have Chicago. And eight, I have ATL. Barely making it. Yeah. Man. I like Chicago, man, but I'm a little bit concerned uh for their bigs. Well I, I think they're I think they're more of a regular season team. I think they make yeah.
1: big noise, but just once it gets to playoff basketball where it slows down For the bigs are more important and that's where I think they falter.
2: Yeah.
1: Honestly, that that's really hard to do, especially when like you don't watch any preseason
0: NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the like preseason, guys. man. It's, you know.
1: We we analyze preseason NFL like it's a job. Yeah. So. And we can kill us about any other
2: preseason. Yeah. It's true.
0: So. We have the Americans. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Um, that's about it. So, anything to wrap up? Uh, any final thoughts on any sport or what?
2: Oh, that was a big show there.
0: Yeah. We gotta, uh, man, we're gonna have a lot to talk about, man, soon because, you know, we do UFC, then we got college NFL, uh college football NFL, then we got NBA, uh college basketball gonna be starting up, man, so it's it's gonna be interesting. For sure. But um uh, as always guys, uh thanks for tuning in to the show. Um, you know, you can always like I say, you can check us out on Stitcher, um, YouTube, Podcast.com, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube. You know, we're on a lot of places. So, you know, just feel free to hit that uh, search bar up and you, you should be able to find it. So uh, catch y'all next episode, man, for
2: sure.